Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you feeling burnt out? No matter what you do lately, are you just feeling so tired and depleted? If so, this episode is for you. Whether you have ADHD or think you may have ADHD, we're going to talk about burnout. As an ADHDer, you may experience burnout more frequently due to the amount of brain challenges that you face on a day-to-day basis. So grab a pen and paper. This is going to be a productive episode, so I want you to get lots out of it, and let's get into the show. Welcome to the What's Eating You podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'm a psychologist, published author, and public speaker here to educate and validate. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the What is Eating You podcast. I'm your host and psychologist, Stephanie Giorgio, and I'm excited for this episode. I feel as though I need this episode. Even though I do not have ADHD, what I love is that ADHD tips and strategies work amazing for anyone, even people without ADHD. Even people who don't struggle with emotion regulation, the tips are so good. So I love using resources, even resources for children, children with emotional problems or children with ADHD. The resources are so good and should be used for adults. So I'm all for these strategies being useful for everyone. So don't even worry who you are. This is all inclusive. Everybody's welcome. So grab a pen and paper and let's get into it again. Right. Now, I've just heard from the ADHD community, I've heard just how overwhelming and difficult it can be to recover from periods of extreme exhaustion and depletion. So this episode will briefly introduce what ADHD burnout is. I do have a couple of episodes on burnout, but this one is more focused on a guide and how to move through it. So get ready. I'm going to teach you what is going to work, what is going to make things worse. So hopefully you'll get a lot out of this. All right. What is ADHD burnout? We know ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, is a neurodevelopmental condition in which your brain is impacted by different executive functioning wiring. So your brain, the CEO of your brain is responsible for your memory, your planning, your organizing, 
you're putting things into categories, you're being on time, your sense of time, all of that is impaired or impacted in the ADHD brain. And what that means is you can often take, you do take a lot of energy and a lot of cognitive load doing things that a neuroperson, neurotypical person can do with greater ease. So for example, attending appointments, being on time, cooking, shopping, executive functioning is all those steps, remembering, planning, getting a list, getting into a shop, not to mention people with ADHD struggle with sensory needs. They may be really sensitive to lights, sounds, temperature. Doing those things not only brain-wise is very taxing, but emotionally it can be overstimulating as well. Here we are, my friends. If you have ADHD burnout, you will feel a chronic state of physical, mental, and emotional exhaustion. And this can come from unmanaged ADHD symptoms and stressors. It's almost like you've been go, 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 go in a race and you haven't had any time for rest or recovery. The more you do this, the more of an impact it's going to have. How do you know if you have it? You feel overwhelming fatigue. The things that usually give you energy just make you feel more tired. You feel reduced productivity. You get this hopeless sense of despair. You feel like you don't want to see your friends. You just feel so drained by everything. And when you're in this state of burnout, you may find it even more challenging than usual to initiate and complete tasks, maintain your focus and attention, and regulate your emotions. Now, what causes it? For many individuals who don't have ADHD, it can be prolonged stressors, so being exposed to something stressful over a long period of time, such as a work or a relationship or just not getting enough sleep, etc., but it's chronic and it builds up. So I talk about the five stages of burnout in my other podcast episodes. You can check that one out. Now with ADHD, it can be triggered by many things. It can be external stresses such as work, relationship, financial stresses. Then you've got the executive functioning stressors. So being on time, memory, attending appointments, getting things done, checking your work, not missing deadlines. And then the emotional and cognitive demands of daily life. So many people with ADHD, 80% have other stuff to deal with, such as anxiety, eating disorders, low mood, other chronic health conditions. So it's just so much. It's a lot, a lot, a lot to deal with. Your plate is, is overflowing. It's very, very full. So it is important to recognize and address ADHD burnout as it really can impact your life and your well-being, you may start to question, am I even passionate about my job? Do I even like my boyfriend? Do I even like my girlfriend? Maybe I should move state. What am I doing? So if you're struggling with this, it's very crucial to understand what is bringing this into your life in order to recover. So step one, grab your pen and paper, or you can write in the notes of your phone, because we know if you have ADHD, you're going to misplace that piece of paper, and we're not going to know where it is. So write in the notes of your phone. That's my number one tip today. Identify your triggers, right? So I just want you to think about when you are feeling burnt out, what is the common theme? And maybe you need to take a step back and just start to log or track your mood, your emotions when you feel burnt out and see if we can identify common themes. Is it on a Sunday you feel super burnt out? Is it on a Monday? 
Is it on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday? No, 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 no. I don't know if that's a real song, but now it is. So for many people with ADHD, common burnout triggers include transitions, changes in routine, or some sort of change in structure. So if you're going through a big work structure change, your routine is changing in some way, your sleep routine is changing, this can cause burnout. Number two is sensory overload triggers. So going to the shops, if that's a huge sensory overload trigger, let's deal with it. So I want you to write down what are all the things that lead you to feel burnt out? Is it when you're doing too much socializing? Is it the demand for sustained attention or organization? Is it masking? Is it ADHD masking? I remember back in 2021, I think it was, I was living in Melbourne and one day I just broke and I said, I can't do this anymore. I am so tired. I need to change. Something needs to change. So I sat down and I'm literally going to find this on my computer now because I write everything in the notes of my phone, everything. And I'm such a big believer in this because your notes in your phone, you can come back to it at any time. And I remember just, you know, writing down, that's it. In the next six months, I want these things to change in my life. I can't do this anymore. There's things I want to change. There's things I know that are making me super exhausted and I just, I don't, I don't want to do anymore. And it takes a lot of courage and guts to do this because some of the things you need may not necessarily be socially acceptable or they may not fit within the rat race or the norms of society. And I'm going to give you some examples of that. You can begin this by writing down all the things you don't want anymore. So as mentioned, in 2021, I sat down, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired. And I wrote a list of what I just didn't want to do anymore. So for example, I don't want to work late. I don't function well. I don't want to do late nights. And I had done late nights for a lot of my life. So if you haven't read my book, I talk about how I used to own a fitness business and I used to teach dance classes till 9.30 at night, which means I didn't really get home till 10.30. By the time I wound down, it just took too long. Same when I was first working as a psychologist, I used to work on Ligon Street in Melbourne. Shout out to my Melbournians. And I would see clients on a Friday night, sometimes till eight and nine o'clock because I don't really have anything else going on. I mean, I don't think I was in a relationship at the time. Maybe I was. And I just did it. Why not? I was really hardworking. I did all that. But I just thought, I don't want to work late anymore. So that was a massive change. And I said, over the next six months, these things are going to change in my life. I don't want to work past this certain time. I don't want to do this certain work. I don't want to have to do this admin task. So I wrote down all the things that really drained me, the things that overloaded me, things that just caused me to feel burnt out, I wrote it down. I don't want to do intense exercise five, six times of the week, whenever it was. So by identifying your own triggers, you can begin to address them and manage burnout. So I want you to just write down what are the things that drain you? What are the things that burn you out? And do you know what? These don't have to be practical things. These can literally be thoughts about my body image getting ready for a night out, attending social events. And we can workshop that. We can work around it. Here is a question for you now. Grab your pen, grab your pen. When you feel at your best, what are you doing? 
when you feel the most energized, the most alive, when you don't feel burnt out. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. When you feel at your best, at your peak, what are you doing? What is different for you? And for me, it was always Bali. I feel at my best when I'm in Bali. I love, it's relaxed, it's slow paced. And that's what I love about Queensland as well. And I know we can't all just move to Bali. Once you figure out when you felt your best, what we're going to try to do is bring elements of that into the present. So then you're going to ask yourself, okay, what was it about that time? Maybe you're going to think, oh, you know what? 2019 was a really good time. I was vibing. Things were going well. It was before I took that promotion. It was before I was dating this person. (laughs) So when were you feeling at your best and why? And then we want to bring that in. So maybe you're feeling your best when you're working part-time. Maybe you're feeling your best when you were doing a four-day work week before you went up to five. And I understand this may not be viable for everyone, but I just want to encourage you to dream because it's not impossible we're all taught you got to work nine to five and you've got to hustle and you've got to do this, you've got to do that. If you don't need to, you don't need to. There is nothing wrong with working a four-day work week. I think that's a lot. There's nothing wrong working till three o'clock if you can. There's nothing wrong asking for a pay rise. There's nothing wrong with doing a side hustle. There is nothing wrong with saying no. There's no right or wrong way to do life. It's about what you need. Okay, when you're at your best, when you're not feeling burnt out, what is different in your life? When was that last in your life? Now, what you might recall is when you look at when you felt your best, what was it? Did you have extra structure or support? Did you have a really good routine? Were you prioritizing rest and your sensory needs? Were you reducing sensory overload? Were you breaking down larger tasks into smaller tasks? Were you working less? What was working for you? Were you sleeping more? So knowing this can help you build the routine and the structure and the priorities around what's going to make you feel really good because when we're feeling that way, we're going to be better able to manage stress and burnout. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So once you've done that self-awareness exercise, what makes me feel burnt out? When am I feeling at my best? Are there any triggers? Then we're going to go into some more practical strategies. Know that recovering from burnout can be a slow and difficult process, especially if you've been undiagnosed your whole life. Like, whoa, we got a lot of catching up to do. 
but there are steps you can take to feel better. Number one, outsource executive functioning stuff you don't want to do. Now, I'm a massive believer in this, right? My mum used to think it was ridiculous that we used to have a cleaner. She's like, why do you guys have a cleaner? Not here when I was living back in Melbourne. Because I don't want to clean my house. I don't value it. I think it was like $40 or something or 80 bucks to get your house cleaned. I can work in that time and add more value to my life and my business than cleaning is going to do for me. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people love cleaning. Some people love cooking. But cleaning and cooking for me are just something I would like to minimize or potentially outsource. Are there executive functioning tasks in your life that currently drain you? Can you delegate tasks to free up mental and emotional energy so you can focus on what's most important? If you hate cooking and cleaning, can you outsource it? People think, oh, well, you know, it does cost money. Yes, but think of it as an investment, not a cost. What will that do for you if you don't need to worry about cooking, if you don't need to worry about cleaning, are you going to have the energy to do what actually matters? Are you going to reduce your binge eating because you're actually going to have ready-made meals, for example? So think of the value it can provide, not the cost. Do you need to get an assistant? Can you get someone to help you with the extra stuff? Can you get online support, right? For example, for this podcast, I outsource the editing of it. I even find the writing up and the researching like that's a bit intense. So that's why I love, love, love when you give me suggestions, when you write in my boxes on Instagram, when you fill out the podcast form in the show notes below, that really helps me because it gives me that guidance of where to go with this. So think, is there anything I can outsource that drains my cognitive capacity? Number two is attend to your sensory needs. So what is that? What does this mean? So our sensory needs are our senses, our sense of touch, taste, sight, sound, smell. So what I want you to do, just pay attention to this. If you notice you're feeling overwhelmed, take a break, take a breather. Keep something on your desk that you can touch. I love to have a self-soothing kit is what I recommend to people. So it's a little kit that you have all your little sensory needs in. So You can have some slime in there. I'm obsessed with those slime videos on TikTok, by the way, where they have all these cool different slimes. I really want to get one. You can have some perfume in there or something you can smell. So smell is the biggest and fastest way to change your state. If you're feeling dysregulated, have some oil you can smell, essential oil or something that smells good. Have some chewing gum in there or some mints. So put these breaks in your calendar. Have a walking break in your calendar. Have a slime break. Whatever you need, do it. No one's going to judge, not even me. I used to cop so much grief when I used to schedule walks in. I would schedule walks in my calendar and I'd invite my friends. And I'd say, health walk, mental health walk. And at the start, my partner used to laugh at me. He's like, why are you scheduling all these walks in my calendar? And now it's just second nature. We're like, yes, 12 and 3, etc. There are walking times. Now, you're not going to like the next one that I'm going to give you, but the next practical strategy to reduce your burnout and recover is have some unmasking time. That's right. I dare you to unmask and see what happens. Now, masking, I'll do a whole episode on this, but it's basically when you're putting up this front or this facade in certain situations. For example, a lady in my food freedom course asked me, why is it that I can function at work, but then when I get home, I am just a mess. And I said, masking girlfriend, 
when you're at work, there's consequences. There are people waiting on you. And if you're a people pleaser and an over-perfectionistic compensator, these are two coping modes, then you're likely to mask at work and hold it together. And then when you get home, you're like, ah. It's like taking off your bra when you get home. Ah, I can let it all out. I can let it go. Because your family is safe. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to fire you. You're going to get a warning. So I want you to schedule a masking time. Spend time with people who accept you as you are without needing to mask or pretend. This can be so restorative. It's like having a no-makeup day and you can rub your eyes. So seek out individuals you can be your true self around. You can even give them a heads up. I remember I would actually struggle to socialize when I felt non-optimal. When I didn't feel optimal, when I was had low energy, I didn't want to catch up with people because I'm like, oh, they don't get the best of me. What are they going to think? So then I just started to let them know because I felt safe too. And I said, hey, friends, I'm just letting you know that I'm a little bit tired today. I'm just a little bit low energy. So you're not going to get the full Steph vibe. Hope that's okay. And they're like, are you okay? <laughs> I don't know if anyone else thinks like this. Maybe it's just me. But just let them know. Just say, hey, just letting you know, I'm going to unmask. Say what? They won't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, have some good unmasking fun. Next strategy is make sure you've got good accommodations in place. Accommodations might be work accommodations, whether it's at school, whether it's at work or it's uni. If you have supportive bosses, let them know. Let them know how they can support you. It can be as simple as saying, hey, take your work break. I see you in front of your computer. Go have something to eat. It could be that simple as, hey, let's go for a quick walk. Next one, practice good boundaries in your relationships. This is crucial. People with ADHD have fewer spoons and less energy to give in many circumstances. And I'll go through spoon theory in a moment. So you can set boundaries with friends, families, and colleagues to help preserve your emotional energy. For example, I have ADHD friends that really criticize themselves because they don't get back to me or they don't reply. In January, they'll be like, hey, Steph, let's record a podcast. I've got this really good business idea. And I'm like, girlfriend, I'm ready when you are. Like, I'm here. And then two months down the track, I'm so sorry. I'm hopeless. And I'm like, it's all good. I'm here. I'm here when you're ready. Don't worry. It doesn't affect me. It's okay. So maybe just letting your friends know, I love you. But if I don't reply to you, it doesn't mean I don't care. Okay. I just want you to know I've got ADHD. I know it's not an excuse, but it's an explanation if you don't hear from me. Maybe just send another message or check in. But just let people around you know, even for me, when I'm on the cusp of burnout or I'm feeling very cognitively overloaded, I'll say to my partner, please don't ask me anything you can Google. And I know that sounds really mean and judgmental. We have a good laugh about it, but it's the truth. People asking questions that they can find the answer to can add to your cognitive load. If you've got that relationship with people, you can speak in that way. Or you might just need to say to your partner, babes, please decide what we're having for dinner tonight because my cognitive battery is on empty. It could be as simple as decisions. Pick something on Netflix. Yeah, because decisions lead to fatigue. Now, a couple more practical strategies to help you manage with burnout is activities you enjoy. It's okay to enjoy things that people might judge you for. No one cares that you're watching Gilmore Girls for the eighth time. It's all right. 
If you've got a stamp collection, it's okay. Because doing things you're passionate about or that bring you joy can alleviate burnout. Now, for me, it's going out for brunch. Yes, maybe it's not the quote-unquote healthiest or the most financially viable activity, but it fills me up. Yesterday, I felt so drained. I felt extremely flat. I was moody, all the things, and I didn't even want to go out for brunch. I literally said, I don't think I have what it takes to put my makeup on to go out for brunch. And there's been times I've gone out with no makeup because I just don't have the drive. I don't know how to say this. There's a Greek word called, I don't think it's orexy, but I didn't have that motivation or that energy to do the thing I knew would make me feel better. But I thought, no, just negotiate, Steph. You don't have to do your hair. Don't do makeup. Just get out the door. Let's go. I felt so good. We went out for a burger. I got chips and I was restored. Hashtag restorative vibes. I felt very good. So do things you enjoy, whether it's spending time in nature, taking time out for yourself, going for a swim, reading a magazine, reading a cookbook. Don't let anyone judge what your activity is. And if you have an activity, feel free to let me know. And the next thing is prioritize healthy sleep, hygiene and routines. No, you're not going to want to hear this, but during burnout, you're body is often going through a bit of a hormonal roller coaster, especially if you're not getting sleep, especially if you're perimenopause. You really have to prioritize your sleep hygiene, your routine, and what's important to you. Now, my January goal, I wrote down five or six things I wanted to achieve in Jan. And one of them was so simple. And it was late night scrolling, phone off nine o'clock. I have stuck to that 80% of this month. And how did I do it? I've been putting my phone on my computer desk where I can't reach it as soon as I walk into the bedroom. So any phone stuff needs to happen in the kitchen or the other room. And I started a book. And guess what? I've almost finished this book. I've almost read a whole book this month. That's huge for me. So by eliminating another habit, I've actually instilled a better habit of reading. But you have to be strict with this. Even if your friend messages you, they can wait till the morning. You have to prioritize it. And the final practical strategy is engage in activities that promote relaxation. This was a big one for me because I struggle to relax, which I'm sure other people do as well. But I've noticed things that really help me switch off is watching a movie, lying in the park or by blanket, reading a book, yoga for some people. So you want to do stuff that activates your parasympathetic nervous system. So many people with ADHD are constantly in their sympathetic nervous system. So you want to activate the parasympathetic, which brings it down to things that get your head below your heart, movements, folds, stretching, really powerful to activate the relaxation response. I mentioned another podcast about my stretching fixation at the moment. So my partner has a stretch coach and we do these stretches. And at the start, I was so impatient. I'm like, oh, This is a waste of time. Do we have to do these stretches? Why don't we do the stretches at the end as a reward? I just thought it was such a waste of time spending 30 minutes stretching before a workout. But we allocate that time now. We get up at 5.15 and we do it. And now I'm like, what's the stretch today? Are we doing the pancake stretch? Ooh. And I'm so on board with it. Whereas at the start, I thought it was a waste of time. Many people with ADHD will think relaxation is a waste of time. But trust me, just stick with it. So this could include meditation, deep breathing, and spending time in nature. Avoid overscheduling. 
So start small for me it was going to the park and I did a 16-minute Joe Dispenza meditation, which during I got bit by an ant and I had this big red lump on my arm. I don't know if this was a killer ant or what it was, but I was trying. I'm like, don't focus on the ant bite, just focus on the meditation. And if you've done Dr. Joe Dispenza, they're very deep. But now as I look at my arm, I still have this giant red mark. I don't know what ant that was. Anyways, back to the story. Give yourself a chance to actually relax. I feel like that went on forever. So what I'm just going to talk about, I might actually do another episode on the spoon theory, but the spoon theory is a metaphor created by Christine Miserandino to explain the limited energy or spoons that individuals with chronic illness or disabilities have to carry out daily activities. So basically what it means is we have a number of spoons every day. So maybe we have 10 spoons of energy and different tasks require different spoons. So maybe going to the gym takes up one spoon. Maybe work takes up four spoons. Maybe socializing takes up one spoon. So the concept is often used to describe the challenges faced by those dealing with conditions that result in fluctuating energy levels and stamina. So in the context of ADHD, you can apply the spoon theory to help others understand your challenges with energy or with attention like you might have five spoons of attention that day so I'll do a full episode on spoon theory and how you can use it with ADHD but the point of the story is start to just notice how many spoons of energy things in your day-to-day life take and then what I want you to do is to scaffold your life around that So for me, one thing I notice is when I have a really big day of clients or when I used to work in private practice, I'd be super exhausted the next day. So I'd schedule a sleep in on that next day or I'd schedule a quiet day. If I had a really big day of clients, I'd schedule a quiet day the next day. Same with my ADHD girlies in food freedom. I'll usually say, you know what? If you have a social event, you're not a loser. If you can't get up the next day, if you feel like you need to spend the day on the couch, plan it. Add it in. If you're having friends over, if you're socializing, next day have a social free day. Watch a movie. Watch your OC, whatever your comfort show is. So make time for what you need. Your life is your design. You design your life. How cool is that? And the final thing before I get into what's going to make your burnout worse is self-compassion is the key ingredient. As you recover from ADHD burnout, you need to be compassionate with yourself throughout the process. Recovery is not linear. It's going to take time. You're going to have setbacks. But the key is to take small steps and focus on self-care. And I say set like one goal a month. For me, for January, it was not scrolling at night. And I've just been trying to get to the park once a week to do a meditation. And that's enough for me. I don't need to meditate every single day. But once a week when the sun is nice, I go to the park and I do my meditation there. All right, what's going to make your burnout worse? Number one, invalidating your feelings. I shouldn't be feeling like this. Susie has so much more energy. Why? Two, comparing yourself to other people's energy. Comparison is a thief of joy. Don't compare yourself. The only person you should worry about is you and who you were yesterday and who you're working towards. Three, Behavioral strategies that don't focus on rest or special interest or sensory needs. So trying to force yourself to do things that just are going to make you feel worse. We don't want to do that. Number four, whilst 
cognitive techniques are really useful. So sometimes we reframe the way we think about things because your thoughts control how you feel. Sometimes that can't be, it's not useful because if you change the way you think about it, like, oh, I'm not that bad or other people are worse, it can lead to shame about burnout. And number five is ignore the early warning signs. If you start to get the early warning signs, you're feeling a bit drained, you're feeling a bit tired, don't ignore it. These are messages for you. Summary, recovering from your ADHD burnout can be a long journey, but it's worth the investment. And there's lots of steps that you can take. So remember, burnout is a state of physical, emotional, and mental exhaustion from prolonged stress and excessive demands on the ADHD brain. What you can do is identify your triggers, write them down, write down what is your best state when you feel at your best, what's different in your life. Try to integrate that into your life. Design your life. If you need to change a job, change a job, change your hours, etc. What does your brain need to thrive? Recovering from burnout, you need to address the physical, the emotional, and the mental. Maybe your type of exercise isn't right for you. Or maybe the duration or the intensity or when your training isn't good for you. Are you eating optimally? Are you eating regularly enough? Recovering can involve practical stuff. So outsourcing executive functioning, attending to your sensory needs, having a little sensory box around you, practicing good boundaries, saying I'm not subscribing to making decisions after three o'clock, thank you, and having people to support that. So just know that support is always available. You're not alone in this. Please let me know if you loved this episode, if you took anything from it, and if you found it helpful. In the next episode, I'm going to be answering your questions from my Psychology Sunday box in the Ask Steph. Don't forget, if you haven't submitted a question, you can using the link below or over on my Instagram. Hope you have the most amazing day, week, night, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. Good luck and be proud of yourself today. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am truly grateful for you being here. If you got something out of today's show, please take a moment to leave a rating or review. To access more resources or support, check out the show notes below. See you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.